We uh, are wrapping up a series called All That Matters. Wrapping it up, um, talking about the things that matter most. And what I want to do today is, is if you missed the last two weeks or missed one of those two weeks, I want to I wanna just bring you up to speed on what we've been talking about and uh, what we're doing. And then, and then I just want to come back to what we started with this morning. Uh, what we started with two weeks ago, and unpack that just a little bit more, and uh, uh, walk through another text with you on that. Um, but this morning, like, let me catch you up to where we've been. So we uh, kicked off a vision series called All That Matters, talking about some next steps for Redeemer City Church. And what we believe at Redeemer City Church is that the gospel is good news. We're a good news church. We exist to share and spread the liberating power of the gospel. And so what we're recognizing uh, is that in this place and in this time, God's given us a unique opportunity. That as we landed in this place almost three years ago, uh, it was not like this. This space was not like this. This neighborhood was not like this. And God saw fit to drop Redeemer City Church. And uh, if you were here the first week, you saw the pictures, all eight of us, (laughs) into this place for this moment. And I believe that. I don't believe that God makes mistakes. I I believe that God drew us together in this place. And that as we look forward, we see the city around us expanding. We see the city around us growing. And we see uh, a great divide, if I could say it that way, in this neighborhood. There is a distinct privilege that we have in bridging an important gap in this culture. What, what is taking place on this side of us and what's taking place on this side of us is drastically different. And where God has put us is a unique opportunity to bridge that gap. And so as we have been praying about that, and as we've been asking where God wants us to go and what God wants us to do, we've been working really hard on some things uh, as a church to prepare ourselves for that moment. You're going to be hearing in the next couple of weeks about uh, a thing we're calling growth track. That as, as you get connected to Redeemer City Church, that, that we are taking seriously those transitional moments between when you show up and when you become a fully devoted follower of Jesus in this place. That, that we are uh, taking serious your discipleship. That we're taking serious uh, your growth in Christ. And so that will be the, the stepping stone into what we do here and, and the stepping stone into what we believe is freedom for your life. And so we're working on that. We're working on our city groups, working hard on uh, developing those to be places where you can take the mask off, where you can be who God's called you to be and you can uh, allow someone else into that space to do what Scripture says, to carry each other's burdens and in this way fulfill the law of Christ. We're thinking critically about how we uh, serve uh, those that are less fortunate, how, how we're 
bridging the gap between uh, the responsibility of who God has called us to be in stewarding our finances. We, we have people sitting in this room who God has blessed immensely financially. And we have many of you who tonight will sleep outside. And we recognize that. And we want to just honestly ask, where do we meet in that? Where, where do we be the church? And we don't have those answers figured out. But what I want you to know as your pastor is that we're, we're thinking about that. And we're asking the Lord, where can we serve? Because what we recognize is as we sit and we bridge that gap, we have an incredible opportunity uh, to reach both people that Jesus loves dearly. That there's an opportunity when you walk into this place for us to sit together and commune together at the seat and at the table that God has prepared. And that's an amazing thing. And then as, as, as our city looks in on that, what we want them to see is something different in this place. Something that God is doing that we can't take credit for. And so we're thinking about that. We're thinking about what, what is it that matters most. And I want to share a passage with you that I think explains that. And the, the, the vision that, that we cast is that we would begin to address those things and we would begin to uh, put you in ministry. That you would be doing ministry because what the Bible calls me to do is equip you for the work of ministry. And so that's what we're thinking through. And we're not going to get it all right right away. But I would ask that you would pray and that you would uh, come and be a part of it and, and be an owner here. And be an owner in what God's doing with your time, your talent, and your treasure. With all of those things that, that we would come together and reach our city. And so in, in the process of doing all that, our landlord came to us and offered us some more space right on the other side of that wall. But as you can see, there's a wall in the way. All right. And so uh, we we are uh, hoping to take that wall down and, and move out a little bit and keep you together in one service as the church, uh, as a gathering of the people of God. And as our city grows, we're recognizing that uh, this room is starting to get tight. Um, and uh, we want to push push that out and do that. And so uh, today we're, we're taking in an initial offering to uh, work towards those things, to work towards what we believe God has uh, called us to do in this city, to prepare for the growth that this city is seeing. We have that unique privilege of being the one church down in here in Tampa Heights in this up and coming place that gets to put a sign on the wall that says Redeemer. Amen. That, that in the midst of pleasure and in the midst of chaos and that in the midst of pain, that we sit as a lighthouse, that we sit as the church to be a city set on a hill. Think about that. Think about the imagery of that in this building right here, that we get to be this city set on this hill. That everywhere you look around, there's people who need Jesus. 
And we have a privilege. It's not a job. It's a privilege. To be saved, to be redeemed, to be adopted into God's family and offer that freely to everyone that we come in contact with. But I want to show you that uh, from the Bible. I want to, I want to show you what Jesus, he was the master teacher, right? And in Luke chapter 12, if you have a Bible, you can go there. He, he tells a parable of exactly what that ought to look like in our gathering. He, he tells us exactly how we ought to bridge that gap. It's one of my favorite places in the Bible, but it's also one of the most challenging. And as we consider and as we give and as we uh, process what it looks like to do ministry in this city, on this corner, I believe this text will speak to that. And so if you have a Bible, go to Luke chapter 14. Sorry, did I say 12? See, I'm already making mistakes. Pray for me. <laughs> Luke chapter 14, and here it is. It's verse 12. It's not chapter 12, it's verse 12. And, and this is <coughs> Jesus speaking, and he's talking to the Pharisees, and he's had a crowd gather, and they are leaning into what he's saying. And then the, the parable and story right after this in verse 25 is going to say that just even more crowds were coming. <laughs> and so Jesus begins to say even harder things to the crowd. But there's a beautiful thing that happens in this parable that I think speaks to what we are doing and why we were put in this place for this time. And I want to I want to unpack this a little bit. Look at look at verse 12. Jesus said also to the man who had invited him. So somebody invited him over for dinner. He's having a party. And here's what Jesus begins to teach. When you give a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors. Come on, somebody. We need a rich neighbor every now and then. Or your rich neighbors. Lest they also invite you in return and you be repaid. Because then it's just a transaction, isn't it? Then it moves from generosity and love for people to being a transaction. Verse 13. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. And you will be blessed because they cannot repay you. For you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. What's going on there? Should, is, is God saying that money is bad? No. It's not what he's saying. But if you love your money, it could be bad. What is he saying? There, there's a picture here of what the church is. That... Lest we sit here and think that we aren't one of those things. You see, you may have walked in here today and you might physically be one of those things. You might physically be poor. You might physically be lame. You might physically have one of those things. But what is also true is that every single one of us apart from Christ are all of those things spiritually. That every single one of us 
apart from Christ, bring nothing to the table. And so, thank you. I thought it was a good point as well. You guys just need to time those perfectly like that. I mean, if you aren't going to amen, let Siri. Come on, somebody. I love it. Maybe I can just cue those on my own. I'm actually going to silence my phone now. Thank you. (laughs) But there's this gathering of people that that Jesus wants to see. Isn't it an important question for us to ask when we gather and when we do church? Well, a lot of times we ask how the service was or how the sermon was, but maybe a better question is, did Jesus enjoy church today? Is that a better question? I think it's a better question. I think it's a better way to evaluate the things that we do. Was Jesus pleased? Did Jesus enjoy what we've done? And so he goes on in verse 15. He says, when one of those who reclined at the table with him heard these things, he said to Jesus, blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. He apparently missed the point because Jesus immediately launches into another story. In verse 16, but Jesus said to him, a man once gave a great banquet and invited many. And at the same time for the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, come for everything is now ready. That's a picture of Christ. Jesus has come and he has fulfilled the law and he has offered you eternal life. Everything has been made ready And you've been given this invitation. If you are here today and you don't know Jesus, I want you to know that all preparations have been made for you to be set free right now. And for the rest of eternity to enjoy fellowship with God and be set free for all of eternity. To spend eternity in the family of God, worshiping at the feet of Jesus. All those preparations have been made. Everything is ready. Verse 18. But they all alike began to make excuses. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a field and I must go out to it and see it. Please have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I go to examine them. Please have me excused. And then this joker right here in verse 20. Another said, I've married a wife. Come on, husbands. Can I get an amen in church today? I ain't got time for that is what that translates to. And therefore, I cannot come. Come on, don't blame stuff on your wife. (laughs) Verse 21. So the servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house became angry. And said to his servant, go out quickly to the streets and lanes of the city and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. And the servant said, sir, what you commanded has been done. And still there is room. Still there is room. What is the thing that matters? 
that still there is room in God's house. And he has not come back yet. And what he told us to do, what he left us here with the privilege of being, is his witness. And he tells us how to do it. He tells us how to do it. Verse 23. And the master said to the servant, go out to the highways and hedges and compel people to come in. Why? That my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall taste my banquet. It's a powerful passage of scripture. You see, because I I can't speak for you, I can only speak for me, that it's time for me, as Jesus unfolds this, it's time for me, and I'm guessing it's time for you, to be a whole lot more serious about making disciples for Jesus. Is it not? Is it not in, in this moment of culture, And in the place that we find ourselves sitting here as a lighthouse, is it not our opportunity to be who Jesus has called us to be? To, in this place, go out to the highways, to the hedges, and compel people. When when is the last time that you went to somebody who was clearly lost? And compelled them to come into the house of God. And I'm not talking about just this room. I'm talking about the the spiritual house of God that Peter talks about. It's time for us to be far more. We planted Redeemer City Church. Those pictures from from three years ago. We were willing to sit at the bottom of stairs for that. We didn't want to sit at the bottom of the stairs so that we could have this. That was not the point. And if we lose this tomorrow, what will we still have? We'll meet in my backyard. It will be warm, but we will meet. Because what is the thing that matters? What matters most? It's what we talked about in week one where Paul looks at the church in Corinth who was struggling with the same things that you are struggling with, the same things that I'm struggling with. And he says, this is what I delivered to you as of first importance, that Jesus Christ died for sinners. And then he rose again on the third day. Because you see, when that takes over your heart, your heart is then in line with Jesus and he can say things like, whatever you ask for in my name, I'll do it. Because we've wrapped our minds and our hearts around all that matters. And Jesus says here that was, as we're doing what he's called us to do, the thing that matters is that we are compelling people to come into his house so that it will be full. And out of that, there's a whole lot of things that the church gets to do, that we have the privilege to do, to serve the poor, to disciple people to be more like Jesus, to worship Jesus together, to celebrate together every Sunday, to gather as the church and proclaim Jesus, to go into our workplaces and be his witness, 
There are so many things that we get to do, and, and we hope to be a part of all of those things. But there is a thing that matters the most, because what Jesus, what's happening here in this passage is that Jesus tells a parable that mirrors his kingdom. And he's telling us that the gospel has been available and that there are a million excuses for people not to come into his kingdom. But underneath the million excuses is a heart that's longing for more, is a heart that's longing for something that's greater than themselves. And each one of us that are sitting here that know Jesus, we found that. And I want to call you back to that. That that's the thing that matters, that in Revelation, when the when the revelation was written to the churches, it was it was a call to come back to their first love. What is our first love? It's not the stuff. It's not the thing. It's the God who owns the stuff. And in the midst of that context, Jesus tells us what matters the most. Go out into the highways and hedges and compel people to come in that my house may be full. The spiritually bankrupt. The sheep lost without a shepherd. Those are the things that matter the most. And as we gather and as we are the church in this place and then we go out and we be his witness, God will build his church. That's an amazing promise. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will never prevail against it. What an awesome thing. What an awesome thing that God is doing. So we've got to get more serious about that. And so we we have this opportunity. We have this opportunity to not just expand our spiritual territory, but to expand our physical territory. And, and I, w- I want to be clear that they're not the same. <laughs> that if we lost this building tonight for whatever reason, we would still be the church and we would still have the church. But... Money and buildings are a tool that God gives us. And he's put us in the 21st century United States of America to reach this generation and this group of people. And so it's on us to steward the resources that God gives us well. And so we want to do that in all of the areas. And and our space is part of that. And so what we're not talking about is extravagant upgrades. Plush seating for you. Still going to be white plastic. But we do have an opportunity to expand this room, to prepare for whatever God wants us to do in this city. And as I think about that, I, I think what I want to communicate to you in this moment is why, why is my family going to give money to that? If you sit here and, and you're and you are one of our homeless friends, I want you to know that. Like, this is not about everybody giving money. I, I want you to know that. Because I, I understand the challenges there. And we love you and we want to help. But for those of us that, that God has given those means to, why, why is this something that is important? Why, why is my family going to be a part of it? Um, and that's what I can give you. I can give you transparency from my heart. I can give you that. Because 
when my kids grow up, what I want them to look back and know is that there were some things that mattered most to their dad. What I want to stand in front of you every week and communicate is that there are some things that matter most to your pastor. And it's God. It's God's church. And it's people. Those are the things that matter most. And so when my kids look at me and they see the way that I spend time with God, when they see the way that I spend my money, and when they see the way that I love people, I want them to know that what mattered most was Jesus. And those are the areas that are important. And for many of us in this room, our money stands in the way of that. And so I just, I'm, I'm being honest with you from my own heart as to why the Kuhn family is a part of it. Why the Kuhn family wants to see that wall come down and expand so that more people can come meet you. It's not, it's not about preaching. It's not about um, the music. Those are things we enjoy. Those are things we get to do because God laid that out for us. But the thing that changes lives is you. The thing that changes lives is you being the church. Is you embracing the people that walk through these doors? Is you embracing the people that are outside of these doors that may never come inside of these doors? That's the thing that matters most. And if we have a chance to, to enlarge our physical territory, to make room for more people to come in here and be with you, I'm in for that. I'm in for that. I love that idea. And that's why the Kuhn family is a part of it because we have an opportunity to allow more people to come into this place and to be with you. Because I like to be with you. You may not like to be with me, but I like to be with you. And so we're not moving away from our convictions about what matters most. We just recognize that we have an opportunity to use a tool that God's given us to further his kingdom in this city, to make a statement to this city that we're here for them for the long run and that we want to be here as a lighthouse to this community that is exploding with possibility, exploding with potential, but exploding with self-serving pleasure read another story yesterday that, that reminded us that Tampa and the Tampa area is the second most unchurched city in the United States of America. It's an amazing statistic. Because we have a lot to pleasure ourselves with. And what we get to do is stand in the gap and say there's something better. There's something that matters more than what you're searching for. And so I want to just call you to do whatever God's allowed you to do. That as we make sacrifices for this place, that it's not about a dollar figure, right? 
Like what, what's a good what's a good offering for all that matters? <laughs> it's not a dollar amount. It's your heart. God wants your heart. And so what, whatever you're called to do, just know that God wants your heart. He wants your heart. And as we have this opportunity, we'll, we'll move at the pace of our generosity as a, bottle, as a, as a body of believers. And so we, we, we may do this next week, and we may do it in the summer, and we may do it next year. But what, what, what I just want to keep pushing us towards is God's heart. Because God's heart was for his church, and we want our heart to be for his church. And so this church, you and I, we have an opportunity. And that's why I set this opportunity in front of you, because we have an opportunity to expand and do what God is calling us to do. And that's it. That, that is what matters most for us right now, is stewarding the opportunities and resources that God has set in front of us. Amen?